Brenton, I'm dying. Oh, Nathan. Oh, no, Brenton. Nathan, no. Oh, Brenton, I, can't, I want you to love me forever, Brenton. Oh, uh, you shall love me forever, because I want you to haunt me. Haunt your murderer. Haunt me to the end of my days. What? Ah, we're here. Welcome, everyone. Take a seat at the table. Welcome, 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 welcome to classic movie banter. Wait, that podcast. <laughs> hey, I, that guy, Brenton, and that guy over on the other side Wee. of the table, Nathan. He's here. We talk about our love life and how he. I'm going to haunt him <laughs> for the rest of his life. Actually, so no. Much. Oh, wait, or was it the other way around? I can't remember. Oh but, no. <laughs> no. Here on this show, we talk about movies that are twenty years or older. Twenty years. Yes. And we tell you guys whether those films are still worth watching today, mm-hmm. or whether they're worth taking a horse, taking the DVD, riding the horse with the DVD uh, to the top of some moors, and then like fucking tossing it off the top. <laughs> Like a frisbee, just like, like a frisbee, be gone, like, bad like a movie. Frisbee. Like in the middle of a storm, and then perishing in the process. Brenton, we're in, we're in a season of love. It's, it's, it's the bloody week of Valentine's Day. How are you feeling, buddy? I'm depressed as all fuck. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, mate. We're here in our nineties, and we're here to talk about the Valentine's Day film. To end all Valentine's Day films, apparently, well, allegedly. Wait, well, wait, well, wait. We're talking about Valentine's Day. You know that <laughs> movie with like all of those random stars and oh, all those geez. horrible storylines. Have you seen Nathan, that film? No. Oh, I've seen parts of that. It's film. It's no and good. I remember at the I, time everyone was getting hyped because it's Taylor Swift. I'm um, dating Taylor Lautner, and it's like Taylor on Taylor. Oh gosh, I know Taylor, dude. The sentence Taylor on Taylor should never be uttered. Like, that just sounds fucking dirty. I'm so sorry, listeners. I'll never repeat it again. No, I like, I just remember, I don't really, I remember more of the New Year's Eve one, the the one that came that out. That one's more that. horrendous, was, isn't it? <laughs> I, I remember more from that one, but, but. They're both terrible. They're so and bad. You said you said the Valentine's Day film to end all Valentine's I Day know. films. I think if we've learned anything from Taylor Swift, it's that she should never act in movies. <laughs> if Cats taught us anything, anything, <laughs> Taylor Swift, like, get out of here. Even, not even CGI. Not even CGI can fix a Taylor Swift performance. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but no, back back to the old films. We we had a couple candidates we could have chosen this week, but Withering Heights, you know, from 1939, for some reason, is hailed as one of the most romantic and old romantic films ever made. So we're here to bloody talk about it, aren't we, Brenton? Let's talk about Withering Heights, uh, which was uh, distributed in 1939, and it was directed di- directed. Fuck, I'm going to say that again. <laughs> Cut that out, please, Nathan. Maybe. It was directed by William Wagler. Oh, Jesus. That's a director's name, isn't it? William Wagner. I'm sure it's William Wagler. Let me let me just double That'd check. That'd be so funny. He's just walking around on set. I'm William Wagner. No. I'm a film director. Nathan, Nathan, you'll never believe it, but I've oh. made an error. I've made an error. Brenton made a mistake, listeners, and I'm so glad this is a recorded medium. And, so and, <laughs> we have evidence. So I said that the director's name was William Wagler, but it turns out I can't read my own handwriting oh. because his name is actually William Wyler. So oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Which g'day is an Will. infinite. Uh, yeah, g'day, Will. Hope you're going well, mate. Uh, he's probably dead. <laughs> he's probably six feet under. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> and we're just butchering. Well, I'm just butchering his name. Uh, but I feel like Wyler is a more respectable name uh, than Waggler. So, yes. uh, and not to not to discredit any of the Wagglers. 
amongst our <laughs> listeners. Hey, look, if your name is Waggler, please tweet at us because I'd love to have a chat. Yeah, do you bloody wag your tail every day? <laughs> Brendan, we're steering off course. Could you please pitch me this movie? <laughs> that was a good one, Nathan. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Can you pitch me the movie? Withering Heights. The only way I can really picture this film is to kind of, uh, I guess, uh, step out like the basics of the plot. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, so, uh, we're talking about like this old romantic film. So, obviously, we're talking about a film that's in black and white. Oh, yes. We're talking about a film that has uh, interesting orchestration featuring uh, many uh, stringed instrument. Oh, if you, if you want strings, it's all the strings. <laughs> giving us lovely legato melodies as we follow this story that, that covers decades, Nathan. Oh. So we start off... Is it a real boyhood scenario? <laughs> we, we, not quite, not uh. quite. We, we start off in a blizzard, Nathan. Oh. We start off and there's a huge blizzard and we, we meet our lone traveller that is heading through this blizzard and, and needs shelter from the awful weather. Ah. So he comes across this, this mansion, this, this property. Ooh. He sees this large house and there's lights on inside, so he heads in. Ooh, is it Downton Abbey? No, because it's weird as fuck inside. Ah, <laughs> everyone, so it is Downton Abbey. <laughs> everyone, no one really acknowledges him. Ah, so it's like you at a party, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I can relate. He ah. he walks in. <laughs> there's a there's a dog barking at him. Ah. Everyone there does. It seems a bit lifeless. The owner seems a bit like he hasn't got all these screws in. He seems a bit nutty. Okay. Anyway, and he asks for a room, and so they, they decide to give it to him after much drama, I guess. Ah. And uh, so he heads into his room, and, and, he, and he has this experience, this uh, otherworldly experience where he sees a woman out in the blizzard. and a woman? He's calling someone. <laughs> and the owner of the property immediately runs out into the blizzard to potentially save this woman, we can presume. And the house, uh, well, the the maid, I guess, of this of this of this estate, uh, says yes. Well, you know, there's pretty fucked up things happened here. <laughs> She's like smoking a dart. Like I've seen some shit. Like <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She's like, I'm I'm scarred for life. And you're like, okay. And and then we do a time warp. Let's do the time warp again. We go back in time, and we we learn the origins of of. I guess that starting scene, and it oh. all centers around this this relationship oh. between a gypsy boy <laughs> <laughs> and 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 uh, every time the car- every time someone sees Lawrence Olivier, they're just like you gypsy boy, <laughs> uh. and and so we follow their journey from from or their relationship from children all the way up. Until their inevitable deaths, Jesus. and uh, that's that's withering heights. Wow, what a pitch, Brenton! It sounds like you've you've literally read like the synopsis on the back of the book that this is based on. The Nathan, I was literally reading it verbatim. Wow, uh, that's amazing, <laughs> Emily Brodie. She was really on something when she wrote this, wasn't she? <laughs> oh, oh, Nathan, Brenton. not my best pitch, I'd say, but hopefully the listeners get the idea if they haven't seen the film. Oh, we're we're following a relationship. You know Did what I mean? Do you know we're anything about? the book going in or like do you know anything about this i had no idea i had no Same. idea what it was about i didn't as well uh, i was like Ugh. nathan you just let out you just let out a you know a sigh of and i don't think it was exultation i think it was more <laughs> oh. i think it was more pain grief i'm not sure we, we, is it because you were you were saddened by the ending of this film what's what's going on in your mind nathan this was a Difficult watch, Brenton. This movie's a Ooh. difficult watch. Oh, why did we do this movie? It's so boring and it's so cliche. 
And it's it's not even a movie. It's just like someone got like a string orchestra and told them to play it like 110% for like two fucking hours. And then like they decided to put some like pantomime actors and then act out the most like cliche love story they could have acted to the violins. What a what a description, Nathan. But c- please elaborate. Ah, it's just Everyone in this film, Brenton, is batshit crazy. Like, I just, I, I just, like, so this this movie, following on from Brenton's pitch, you're just following this couple throughout their lives, literally their entire lives, just, like, being in love, but she's from a different class society, and maybe there's themes of classism, and, and you know, city versus country, and maybe the, the, the landscape's changing, and it's a metaphor for their love. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> it's just, ah, oh, this feels like the movie, Brenton, that, like, that, okay, when you watch a movie and the characters in that film are watching an old romantic film on their TV, this is the movie that plays, I feel, where it's just like the most melodramatic, like, oh, I can't love you, but I must, but I can't. Oh, we must die together or love together. It's literally just that for like two fucking hours. What a take. What a take on this on this uh, supposed classic. I know, and I didn't want to hate it, Brenton, and I don't hate it. I don't think we ever go into a film wanting to hate it, you know no, what I mean? maybe like, cats, but, you know. Maybe cats, but... That- <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> Nathan, for me, uh, I, I think this film expresses themes of, like you said, there's some, there's some, there's some classism going on. There's a, there's a, I like this theme that's kind of in it of like the woman's place in society at this mm. time and like survival. Yeah, the themes are there. <laughs> They're there, and, and a person's life, and a person's livelihood. Like, I, like I kind of like what this movie's about. Mm. I to be honest, I like the plot as well. I like the story. I like I like I like where it ends up. I like where we go. Uh, on a technical note, I think the film looks really good. Yeah, for nineteen thirty nine, yeah, it looks alright. I think it, I think it looks really good, and I like. There's some camera movement in there as well. There's some. Panning. <laughs> yeah, wait some, a minute. We we get some panning in there. I was like, hey man, this isn't just a static shot. The camera is moving, people. It is going from left to right and right to left, and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, <laughs> but, that's all but, it is. But I, but but I do appreciate it. And it kind of shocked me when it moved. I was like, oh, oh, it's moving. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> the dead horse jumps to life. Like, I guess what I'm saying is I like how mobile, I guess, the camera is for the time. There's some there's some interesting vistas, I think, in this film. I like all the production elements. Mm. Uh, and then getting back to what you said and about the actual film and how I walked away from it, I kind of liked it. Oh, Brenton. Uh, <sighs> why? I kind of liked it. And I'll tell you why. Good. <laughs> Good. Tell you you tell me why. Whilst I, I I acknowledge everything you just said as mm. a modern as a modern audience, like going into Withering Heights yeah, from nineteen thirty nine. As a cool hip modern audience of the twenty twenties with our bloody AR glasses. I still enjoyed this film. I I think I think that it has something to say. <laughs> I think it, it probably does have something to say, Brent, and I'll give it that. But I just don't think I like what it's saying, frankly. I I kind of like that it's this film from a bygone era. I I, oh, I yeah. so I I I can appreciate it on that level. I wasn't I wouldn't say I was necessarily I wasn't bored during this film. Were you actually. invested? Did you actually like like were you hooked by this couple as we follow them? Like I was like- I was very I was I was very intrigued by like this situation. <laughs> no, I was because because as we'll talk in uh, we'll talk later. I think I think these these two characters are just very interesting. I think <laughs> I think that. Like they are, they they're are. deeply like, flawed. I'll give them that. Like they are. Also, like, the reasons that they have like like 
complexities in their relationships outside of the obviously classism barrier is just so contrived. Like they have like such like basic communication failures between them. And you're just like, if you all paused for two seconds and just spoke openly, all of your shit would be solved. And I guess it's a modern perspective because obviously these days we can't, but back then they had standards. Like they're like, oh, you simply can't say this to a woman, like all that kind of stuff. What I was going to say to that is I think, yeah, I think like one of the themes of this film is like looking at it as like how the time and and the situation affects this relationship. And it's Mm. not just... A simple conversation. There's there's so much more more to it than that because of where this is set in the time. And I kind of like that. It kind of goes to that place of like a person's place in this time, a yeah. person's life. Also, for our listeners that don't know, this is set in Victorian England, just to give you a heads up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's... In it's the country, like way in out in the moors, <laughs> In the moors, Nathan. <laughs> Jesus. As someone who's been to England, this is a very dramatic landscape that they live. Uh, you know, they're in like an open farm, but then like a, a, sh- a short runaway, they're on the side of a fucking cliff. You know what I mean? It did. I will say it did look like the United States. You know what I mean? Yeah. It looked like, it also, looked like very soundstage points as well. As in like the out- outdoor uh, scenes. Oh, some of them. Sound- there were some locations you're like, are we watching Ten Commandments again? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, which yeah. doesn't like take away that much from the movie, but I'm like, mm, okay. It just, it all, it all just feels too Shakespearean. You know what I mean? I get that. I get that. What I was going to say is as well, is like while the, whilst the performances are very Shakespearean, they're very... Uh, old, I guess, like classical performances. Is oh, what I'd so say. classical! And you they're, know they're what? Class- it's not even just Lawrence. Like the whole fucking cast. Even yeah, the no, kids. Even when you see them as kids, for some reason they speak as though they're doing Elizabethan. Like, though I will say it has a it has a decent child performance by young Lawrence. Uh, Obviously not I, young I thought, Lawrence himself, but, <laughs> but like a yeah, kid. No, yeah, but a kid that's playing that that the younger version of that character. I mm. liked that performance. Like, yes, it's a child performance. Yes, it's got issues. But like. <laughs> Overall, I thought I thought that kid was capturing something that was kind of unique and and characterful, I guess. But going mm. back to the older actors and them being classical, whilst you can acknowledge that, it's still and whilst like I think for a modern audience, it that won't necessarily you won't relate to that as much. Mm. I guess I guess I could really appreciate that. I could still see what they were going for and see like the the characterful traits these people were portraying. Yeah, and. How and how interesting! I, I I was just very interested in these characters, and 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 it was cool to see what uh, how circumstance had made these people into what they became. If that made sense, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I I do get that. I like yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting how they respond to like you know their farm that kind of stuff. But the way that they deliver it, I just I just have such issues with the writing, Brenton, which is so weird because this is based on such an iconic novel. <laughs> it's so poetic. Oh. It is so poetic and l- lyrical and 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 jargony and there's lots of images and in there so that cheesy. they're referring it's to. It's so fucking cheesy. We're in a cheese factory, Brenton. Like every fucking line, it's like there's some there's some camembert, there's some fucking oh my blue. God. <laughs> It's just, you know, it's so cheesy, like, with everything that they're saying and that kind of stuff. And, like, bless Lawrence Olivier, because I've never seen a film with him before. This is my first Lawrence Olivier film. Really? Yeah. And he's, like, one of the greatest actors ever. <laughs> so you'd think I'd be running over him to be like, woo! Yeah, Lawrence. But he's just... You know, what's what's interesting about Lawrence is, just to, just to jump in for two seconds... Mate, you bloody jump. Uh, I will. I, I will jump. Uh, is that, this is just a fun fact, that during the filming of this... Lawrence actually found himself becoming increasingly annoyed with uh, William Wyler, the director, not oh. Wyler. Uh, and so apparently William uh, Wyler had a kind of exhausting style of filmmaking in the sense that, like, he'd just do a lot of takes. And um, ah. so so after, like, 
like another take. Uh, apparently, he lost his shit, Lawrence Olivier, <laughs> yeah. and said, "For God's sake, I did it sitting down. I did it with a smile. I did it with a smirk. I did it scratching my ear. I did it with my back to the camera. How do you want me to do it?" And then Wyler responded with. I want it better, which is just like, you know... <laughs> it's like, fuck you. It's like, I'm the director. But what's interesting about this is that, like, I think Olivia, uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier has said uh, multiple times in interviews afterwards that uh, that those multiple takes really helped him learn to succeed as a film actor. Oh. Because, like, I don't know whether... So the moral of the story to- is slap your actors. <laughs> Give him some tough love. I, I, th- I think, like, coming from the stage, like, he probably... Obviously, it's so different. And in mm. 1937 or 8 or whenever this was filmed, it probably didn't have a lot of experience on a film set. And films probably... Uh, I don't know whether they made, may have... T- I don't know. I don't know. This is interesting. How how much longer do you think films would have taken to make back in the day as opposed to now? Probably the same, I want to say. Do you know the answer? I don't. Oh. I don't. Like I that just occurred to me because if they're doing the process multiple hasn't take- changed in like 80 years. Like, like post production's probably gone longer because of the effects, but like But but what I mean is is that like if you're doing multiple takes on old equipment, I'd imagine it'd take longer to set the shot to reset the shot, especially in probably. something like this with like a lot of uh action a lot of the time and by action I don't mean literal like action scenes. I mean like mm. there's a lot going on in these frames because they're filling the frames with parties with uh with animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know you know like there's a lot going on and so like but also there would have been less takes and less cuts simply because of the nature of editing yeah but this this guy's losing his shit because there's multiple <laughs> that's there's why so i'm much. like that's why i'm like holy shit man like how long did Jesus. it take to film this film i do love it as well with lawrence as well because he also hated his co-lead like he hated the oh really yeah so lawrence is just picking fights with everyone like apparently they detested each other witnesses on set said that um olivier was accidentally spitting on her during some scenes oh so he was he was he was enunciating and he was yeah, using his I'm Lawrence Olivier. I I love you, dear. (laughs) (laughs) And like, and she's and she shouted him, "Can you stop spitting on me?" And he said back to him, "What's a little spit for Christ's sake between actors?" Oh, Lawrence. Lawrence was actually nominated for an Academy Award for this film. Of course he fucking was. But but he wasn't the only actor to be nominated. Was it the old woman? No, 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 no. There was a Best Supporting Actress nomination given to Geraldine Fitzgerald, who played the other woman. Oh, yeah. The, the, for, yeah, in the, the sister in the triangle. Yeah, that's yep. right. Who I she thought was good. gives a great performance. I thought she was great. She was good. Also, in my opinion, probably better than his first choice. Well... My thing with her is that I was really invested in that character as well. And mm. I I was like, I was interested to see where it go, wh- where it went. And the biggest sin, I guess, of the film's plot, and b- my biggest kind of criticism was that I don't like where we went with her. I don't like yeah. that she didn't really get a full arc. She really gets the we- short straw by the end. It's like, geez, all right. And it's so weird because I don't know why everyone is vying for the main girl in this movie. Like, she's not rich and like... She's not that exciting in her personality. Like she, I don't know. Like she's like she's pretty, but like there's a lot of pretty girls in this movie. It's like, why is everyone going for her? Well, because I don't know if that anyone's going for her, but I think specifically in uh, Lawrence's case, she's like a surrogate sister to him because they grow up together. It's weird. You see them when they're kids, but I think there's a there's a there's an optimism like to the two of them of oh. like a life that's better. It's like it's kind of like that American dream kind of like idea. You know what I mean? That like if only like you know they could. It's like of mice and men, man. If only they could just get away and get oh, their piece Jesus. of land and get their castle or whatever, they'd be life would be good. But life doesn't go that way, you know. No, what I mean? it really like, doesn't. Especially when you look like a fucking vampire, Mister Lawrence Olivier. I tell you what, 
Jesus was waiting for him to bite her this movie. Like, <laughs> oh, and that's another thing I just want to talk about quickly. And I don't really want to spoil. This isn't really a spoiler, but mm. like we talk a lot about gypsies, you know, in this, and and yes. how everyone refers to him as as a as a as a scumbag gypsy throughout the film. And there's this air of like, is he manipulating? Like they're like, is he manipulating you? And you and clearly, as a modern audience, you're going, oh yeah, like. Like that's just bullshit. That's just like yes. being that's being a racist asshole. But then I thought at a point I was like, oh wait, is this actually like is this like actually the thought process is that like maybe because there was a point and I was like, oh wait, am I like reading this as a modern audience and being like they're treating him like shit, which is the point. Don't mm. get me wrong, and that he retaliates to that, but. Is it's actually saying that he is a gypsy and he might have gypsy magic? You know what I mean? Jesus, yeah, this film could be quite racist. There was, there was, there was a point where I was like, hang on a sec, hang on a second. Like, is it actually saying that? And then I thought, no, surely not. I haven't read the book. I don't, I don't think he is, but maybe he is a gypsy. Like, I don't know. But there was a point where I questioned the film's stance on it. You know what mm. I mean? Because at first I was like, that's, you know, that's, that's the characters. That's, that's the time. That's, that's what it is. Mm. And then I was like, oh, wait. But somebody's saying anything about, you know, a, like a nomad living in, you know, like a different culture. Like, it doesn't really say that much about it. Also because of what happens. I'm, I have issues with the plot. We'll get into spoilers. Where, like, that character arc is just ignored because of what happens to him. So, like, I don't know. My main gripes with this film, Brenton, is just that all these characters, all they fucking do the whole movie is just shout at each other that they don't love each other. Or they just shout lines of exposition. It's like, you were never there for me because of the time that this happened. And now I am this. And now you're that. And it's... You know what I mean? Like, it has the same problems as Romeo and Juliet because the same grabs I have with that story as well is that, like, it's all about overhearing people and then not understanding what they heard when they overheard someone. You know what I mean? But couldn't you say that happens a lot in real-life relationships? Ah, not where you're fucking hiding behind a curtain like an old play and like, oh, no, but, you know but, what I mean? Like, miscommunication, no, but, yes, but not to the degree it is in this movie. This is like... But the idea is still the same, you know what I mean? Like, we don't all hide behind curtains nowadays, mainly because... <laughs> because it's don't have fucking People don't have tapestries. Like, no. That's, that's, I mean, like, speak but, for yourself, Brenton. I do it daily, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, but you get my point, is yeah. that, like, the same idea is still present. Like, it's still relevant to us. Like, like using the Romeo and Juliet example, like, a story like that still exists today. It's just the yeah. framework around it might be slightly different because of technology, because of the time. But but it could still happen. It's still plausible. You it know could what I mean? still happen. But like honestly, if they were real adults, they would just overhear a thing and he'd go go up to her and say, hey, I overheard this. Are you actually thinking this? Can we talk about this? But all that happens that he overhears and just lets it happen. And he's like, oh, woe is me. I should not have a monologue to be or not to be. You know what I mean? To be fair, there's a scene in there where he does overhear something, which I think is what you're referring to, which we can talk about properly later, that... He hears something and it's pretty extreme, is what I'd say. It is pretty extreme. Ugh. Can we write this, Brenton? I want to get. I want to dig might into warrant this. an extreme response. Yeah, let's write it. You're fond of me lobster, ain't you? The more I've spoken about this, because I was actually unsure going into this, whether uh, I was going to give it a thumbs up or <laughs> on thumbs the down. fence, as it were, uh, like Lauren and Olivier's choice in women. But but this has actually changed my mind. I kind of like this movie and I want to give it a thumbs up and what? I want to give it. It's true. <laughs> I've been pushing you in the other direction and you're like, nay, nay. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Did you like the horse in this movie? Yeah, that's what yeah, of I was course you fucking to, did. Uh, uh, so you got you really you got like on a yeah, Thursday I'm, night you would put on Withering Heights with your bloody girlfriend and you'd 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 you know be moved to the hills and go what a love story. I'm just saying I'd rather watch this than Valentine's Day. <laughs> 
That's not a praise. Are you kidding? Okay, all the movies you could watch on Valentine's Day, this is what you put on, Withering Heights. Well, I haven't seen The Notebook, and everyone fucking raves about that. Yeah. But uh, I'd watch... No, my Valentine's Day movie... You know, you know what my Valentine's Day movie would be. What if I was going to pick a, a, a movie about a relationship... Over multiple years, you know what I mean. You you know what I'm talking about. You, is it you, Peter Parker you, you know or Willem Dafoe? <laughs> oh no 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 no. That's what I watch. When, <laughs> that's what I watch when I'm feeling kinky. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't keep a straight face when I said that. No, uh, Willem, please come on the show. But <laughs> but no, when Harry met Sally. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, we that, should have done that. Over this, we'll do it one day, my friend. We'll do it one day, oh. and uh, you will you will see it, and you will hopefully enjoy it. I say just watch before sunrise, like what you and I did. All oh the yeah, that's back. that's that's a good pick. But I don't know if that's a is that a Valentine's Day film? Oh, it's it's a coupley film. It's about two people falling in love with each other. Like that's as you know Valentine's Day as it gets. Sure, but I don't know. Don't watch Withering Heights. It's just you will <laughs> anyone who, who is sane. We'll just sit through this movie and hear a string orchestra just drone on for two fucking hours. And like, it's, oh, as, as someone who, I played the viola for a decade. I love strings. I listen to I Vivaldi. The, I played the cello. You played the cello. We're both string players. The, the cello is like the, my like if, if someone asked, what's your favorite instrument? If you just had to pick something to listen to, I'd be like, dude, the cello's bomb. Like yeah. that's the shit. You know what I mean? But continue. Exactly. For the two of us who were in a string orchestra together for years and we went to high school together, like I love this shit. And yeah. Hearing this string orchestra just like <laughs> playing the highest fucking note just straight for this. Oh, I can't do it. No, nah, thumbs down, Brenton. No. Nah. Uh, I might listen to that on Spotify. Maybe we can put it on after this episode after we're yeah. done. But if you're on Spotify, also make sure to check out this podcast. <laughs> Dude, well done. Well done. Oh. I gave you the bait and you took it. Well done, oh, guys. There you go. What a bloody guys, segue. Can you please like let us know though as well? Tweet at us, at us, comment on Instagram, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Direct message us on Instagram as yeah. well. And we'll get back to you. Let us know what else you're doing on Valentine's Day that's more exciting than watching this movie. And let us know if Brenton's insane as Nathan inferred because he 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 gave a thumbs up for Withering Heights. Jesus, it's no good, Brenton. It's no. Let's spoil this. <laughs> You spoiled it. What? The movie. Oh. Okay, Brenton. So let's get it, because I have so many issues with the plot of this movie. Okay. Thing number one, I don't get around the framing of this story, how, like, it starts off in, like, the future, and then this old woman's like, he says the most, she says the most cliche thing in the world, where she's like, I'm an old lady, and this is the story of Withering Heights, and let me tell you the years that passed. It's like, I roll my eyes so much. Jesus, I went around the whole planet circumference. Like, do you get around the framing? Like, Oh, like, I will say that's probably the most, for me, that's the most contrived element to it. But I will say at the same time that I was intrigued as to what the fuck was going on. Because when you go into <laughs> that estate, it's weird as it's all shit. It's so like, weird. Like, it's so weird. You don't know who anyone is. And, like, he hears a voice and, like, the cracked window and, like... How everyone acts in this house, I was like, what the fuck is going on? At first I was like, are these people all dead? Is that the point? Or, like... Like, are they actually, like, ghosts or something? And I, d- I did think maybe we're in, like, Purgatory at one. Like, it'd be, like, a Black Mirror episode. And that would be more interesting. You know what I mean? You know, you know what would have been a more interesting movie, Brenton? So, at the end, I'm going to jump around a bit. He asks her to ha- to haunt him. Sorry, yeah. She says, yeah, She sa- he says, hey, as you're dying, can you haunt me for the rest of your life so I can still be with your ghost because I love you so much? 
I reckon that would have been an infinitely more interesting movie than the one we got, where, like, the wife is dead and, like, he's just with her ghost. You know what I mean? That would have been interesting. Like, it's about a man moving on and he can't do it. Which I feel like maybe is the premise of, like, Casey Affleck's A Ghost Story. Yeah, or is it, or is it like, kind of like that, that fucking, oh, what's the Eternal Sunshine? No. Uh. Ghost with Patrick Swayze, you know? Oh, like, right. Fucking, there you go. Like, we should have watched with- Ghost with Patrick Swayze. Then <laughs> with I've never seen it, but isn't that the point of that film? Is I have that no she idea. can't move on and, and she keeps seeing his ghost, and then like they have the thing where they're molding the fucking clay on the table, and it's all. Haven't you, you heard of? This you're scene really that's pitching like, this movie to me right now, Brent. <laughs> dude, I love uh, what I love about this episode is that we're talking about Withering Heights for Valentine's Day, and yet at the same time we're talking about all these other films. Of that's like, are better <laughs> potentially. I don't know if they're better. Like no. who knows? Maybe we should watch Ghost next year. I don't know. Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, it's just Na- Nathan. Maybe we can reenact the molding of the clay scene where we're, they're at the clay Ooh. the clay table and it's spinning. It's, do their hands it. like touch and they're like, Ooh. oh, dude, they're inter- they're intertwined. Like. Oh, and Jesus. it's all <laughs> one of the hands gets stuck in the clay and the, like it just forms around their hand <laughs> like I'm a vase now <laughs> <laughs> jeez oh. you know what I find interesting about these old movies as well is like because they pamp, pamp up the romance but I feel like this is right around the time that like the censorship came in so all the kissing is horrendous yeah so it's all that closed mouth kind of um, pressing so your weird. faces together no one in real life kisses like this no, there's no tongue. There's no tongues involved. Uh, it's oh, settle down, mate. Even in real life, you know, we don't bloody stick our tongues out like lizards. But it's just like oh, I've been doing it wrong. Then have you played that game where like you have to like pass a cube of ice between each other's mouths? Have you done this? No, I haven't. Oh. But please elaborate. Okay, actually, <laughs> why did I bring this up? When I was in college, there was like a thing where like we all got drunk and we did this. Please elaborate. How do you play? I this really, game? Oh, I didn't want to talk about this. Oh, I regret this. It was like first year college. It was like a thing where we all went out to a bar and we're all drunk. And, like, our dormitory leader at the time was like, hey, I got a game for all you freshers. And they had, like, a little, like, bag of ice that was already, like, dripping and melting. And they said, you got to pass us all around this, like, circle, like, the ten of you. And if you don't, I don't know, your bloody skull beer or something like that. And so we had to, like, put this, like, ice in our mouth and literally, like, like put our mouths together like we're kissing, but, like, open, like, goldfish mouth kissing. And then, like, using our tongues to flick the ice between each other's mouths. And that, Brenton, that action of what you're visualizing is what the kissing was in Wuthering Heights. Nathan, just play spin the bottle, dude. Like, <laughs> like, well, wait, like, in that game, it'd be cool if, like, you really had, like, a crush on, like, the other person and then they had a crush on you and then, like, next thing you know, the ice is melting and shit and everyone's like, guys, the ice is melting and it's like, we don't care. Our hearts are melting. It's like, oh, it's like, I do remember kissing someone I liked in that moment, but ice aside, the kissing in this movie is shit. Were you, were you actually kissing or are you just passing No, us? it's like a goldfish kiss. It's like imagine two fishes with their open mouth, just like, Ooh, and like you press it against and you flick a that's cube. F- that's fucking disgusting. It is fucking continue. disgusting. And like, it wasn't romantic at the time, like the kissing in this movie. You just see these two fuckers just like, every time people kiss in this movie. Also, the way they kiss, they like grab them by the shoulders and like shove them like close, like, like they're like about to toss them to the side. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's so abrasive. That's how I kiss people. What are you talking about? Oh, well. Oh, Brenton, this explains so much. <laughs> but you know I what just, I mean? That, isn't, isn't that how you do it? You just grab someone by the shoulders and just, like, launch the, yourselves at them, like, fucking Edward wants to launch himself at Bella in, like, Twilight Jeez. when he wants to, like, lick her blood or whatever. Dude, what do, I'm trying to make Valentine's Day references, and, I, like, the Twilight one just doesn't work, does it? It really it's just doesn't. Not, 
It's not. You know good. what? You know what? what? Kissing in movies should be. I feel like when I like a good kiss in a movie is just like a nice like maybe three second affair, maybe just a little peck, and then you know maybe a maybe a smooch, and then I've I've seen some good ones that are like. What's the best kiss you've seen in a movie? You know what I'm gonna say, don't you? You know. What oh, I'm the Spider Man kiss, obviously. Oh yeah, that oh. shit's good. It probably <laughs> is the best kiss in the movie. It's what it's one of the best ones. That oh. one's good. It's great as well as Spider Man Two when she tries to do it with like her astronaut fiance, and it's like quite Dude, shit. <laughs> I fucking. That scene's kind of fucked up when you think about it. it I is. remember watching that as a kid, like, and going to the cinema and being like, really? Like, this is the moment that you're thinking, oh, I'm having second thoughts about yeah. this relationship. I'm engaged to this person. Let me just try this rando kiss that I did with some fucking with, like, crazy spider dude. <laughs> that, that's that's it, like, like out in the rain. And, oh, it just wasn't the same. Fuck, fuck this guy. Fuck this astronaut. Jeez. Like, he's an astronaut. He's an people. astronaut, a successful astronaut as well, mind you. And it was even weirder about it. So in the third movie, when she's finally dating like Toby Maguire, they don't do the Spider-Man kiss. They've been dating, and like, she finally has him, but they just kiss normally. <laughs> like you think, yeah, maybe like when they first started dating, like they tried to do it, but then he got really sick of it. Yeah, maybe maybe it's like, oh, maybe they need therapy because then he goes. Remember, he goes to the when he gets the 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 key to. The oh city, yeah, from Gwen Stacy, and he, and he, and does, he does it. the and he does it. He max on um. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, my yeah. favorite actress of all time, maybe- and uh- <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why Kirsten Dunst is like so pissed because like she wanted to do this Spider Man kiss, but Toby kept on saying no, and then he just does it like immediately with like Bryce Dallas dude, Howard. Dude, I know the perfect Valentine's Day film, Spider Man Three. <laughs> it's Spider Man Three, obviously. <laughs> Jeez, dude, the drama, and and yet and yet, oh, wait, that that film makes you feel empty by the end of it. You're like, probably does. Like that that last scene when that's like they're in the jazz the jazz bar or whatever mm. and they have the slow dance and you're like oh fuck things aren't like I guess are kind of okay but they're still really not okay mm. after all this shit this couple's been through in this film and then we just end and we it's and that's the resolved. trilogy and we'll never we'll know what never, happened afterwards we'll, we just know that they're probably fucked up for life yeah and uh, they're the only two that can probably understand uh, that can fight can confide in each other what's what's going on so I guess that's romantic in a way but. Maybe Harry's actually haunting them for the rest of their lives. Like, oh, Lawrence, maybe uh, Jesus, asks. as he dies, he's like, he says to like Toby Maguire, like, I want you to haunt me. <laughs> <laughs> no, t- Toby's like crying. He's got like the 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 bullfrog like crying face. Oh my like, god! <laughs> he's like Harry, and it's like Peter, Pete, what's up? And it's like. I want you to haunt me for the rest of my days. And he's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> like, I just took a he goblin does. glider for you. <laughs> he just like passes out. It's like, I'm going to go to hell. Dude, here we go. Here we go. The la- It's like the inception of haunting. So Harry haunts Peter, right? <gasps> but he's haunted by Willem, but, isn't he? And then Harry's still being... <laughs> the ghost of Harry is still being haunted by, by Willem Oh Defoe. my God. Could you imagine him withering hearts? Like the chick is dying and she suddenly screams, avenge me. <laughs> And then, and then, if we really wanted to add more layers, like uh, Willem is still being haunted, and we don't know this through, but this is kind of the reason he went crazy, is because he's still being haunted by that one, his little laboratory assistant from the first one oh that my he God, killed. That's like, right. <laughs> back to formula. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But Withering Heights, Brenton. <laughs> so, Nathan, like I said, my biggest criticism of, uh, I guess, the plot of this film is that we mm. introduced this great character that's the sister. And I really like this actress. I like this character. You're really interested to see where this goes. And you can see that Lawrence, like, you know, she's right in the sense of what she says about him. That she's like, hey, she, he's, I think he's just using you to, like, get to me. And it's like, mm. you piece of shit. Which he like, is. You know, you, yeah, which he is. Which he clearly is. And so you're like, where the fuck is this going to end up? And he's a bad bloke for doing that as well. It's like, come on, mate. Oh, he's a piece of shit. But, like... 
where we end up just isn't that interesting. It's like no. I wanted to I wanted to have some real conflict between the two of them, and yet she's kind of just moping around. Like a quite like, literal fight. You wanted the swords to come out and they just like go at it. Yeah, man. I wanted her to fucking like go off at him. Like and she kind of <laughs> does, but it's all still like of like just let me just be okay. Like just ign- forget about your love for the other woman and just let me love you. And it's like, oh fuck, she's still like I get that she still loves him. I think that I think that works, but it's like I just would have liked to have seen more more drama between the two of them and then yeah. he just leaves and we never get the resolution with that character you know what I mean like no because there is some moments of like I love it when um the, they have like a piano singer in like the lounge or whatever dude the harpsichord scene's my favourite scene yeah, in the it's film it's so good because the three of them are just giving each other like the most dramatic looks and there's actual tension there that's like I it's- love that scene it's excellent. It mm. gives me, it gives me major Revenge of the Sith vibes oh, geez, of like, yeah. dude, like the scene when they look out across each other. It's like the best scene in like the prequel trilogy when they Natalie Portman and Hayden are like looking at each other from the temple to the yeah, her and they know whatever, what's coming. It's like, it's like yeah, yeah, dude, like that scene. I was like, oh fuck, George Lucas must have watched Withering. <laughs> he would have loved Withering Heights, evidently. Like <laughs> he took a few notes. <laughs> yeah, I, I want, I want Withering Heights in my Star Wars movie. Like that's that's. A- I want a mixture of like Withering Heights. And like that scene from American Graffiti that everyone liked. <laughs> I'm George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm George Lucas. But it's so undercut with like the dialogue that she says to him when like especially when she's like dying. Oh yeah, when they get mauled by dogs just for like spying Holy on shit, a party. Man. Jesus, that shit's violent. Like, <laughs> where did that come from? These dogs are going at it. And also, all the party guests come out and they don't immediately stop the dogs. They kind of watch for a little bit before they They're call like, them off. They're all like, oh. oh. <laughs> Entertainment. Oh uh, yes, they did trespass, so they should rip their heads off. I guess let's just watch and and. But it's 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 interesting, isn't oh, it? But the like, worst thing about that scene is that like they're all on this like, this lovey dovey date. They're all smitten with each other. They're spying like a rich person's house. Then she gets dragged into the house. She's like, you know, she goes into the house and she's like, whoa, this, this place is pretty nice, eh? And like she's trying to heal on the couch and she's rescued by that other bloke and she turns out a dime the second she meets the other guy and she's like fuck Lawrence Olivia I'm going for this bloke because he is rich <laughs> she just stays there it's but to be fair like again I will say this to be fair because I think the choice is justified I think this kind of on this hot and cold this on and off again thing oh. and her her conundrum is justified in terms of the period uh, and 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 the setting and what ruined, she has to go Brenton. through. But it's ruined, It's ruined because Laurence Olivier becomes rich, and the worst thing is that we don't know how or why he just vanishes. I love that we don't know how he becomes rich. He just vanishes and he comes back, and he makes he makes the oh. side remark. I can't remember the. Oh, joke, I remember it because like... I wrote it down. He said his father was an emperor of China and his mother was a queen of India. And I'm like, what the fuck are you on about? And you know what? I looked up the book and I'm like, okay, why? How did he actually get rich? Because it's such a fucking plot hole. And it is never explained in the book either. She just suddenly makes him rich for no reason. I don't necessarily think it's a plot hole. And it gets me thinking because when he comes back with a fucking vengeance, it gets me going, how the fuck did this guy... Like, that could be a story in itself of how this guy earned his keep to become to, to to raise himself into the to the upper class. Like But that's the thing. That's that's more interesting. That's more interesting of how he got up there than the fact that he's up there. Because also it's now three rich people just all fighting with each other. It was more interesting when there was a classism element to it. But there still is. There still is. Oh, she's like, you always came from filth, and he's like, one, that's racist, and two, I'm not now. Yeah, but 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 that's that. There's still that element there, uh, and and how like the whole town, and like how he acts as well. It's kind of like it, it's it's that idea I think of um, you know, when you become kind of what people think you are. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you live long enough to become the villain, that kind of thing. Yeah, it, it's it's it, it's kind of that idea of like if you're treated like shit for long enough, pretty soon you start becoming vengeful. 
and shitty if you like if you don't keep yourself in check. And he becomes this vengeful, angry, bitter person. Oh, that he's just like, an doesn't asshole. Really... Like they're all assholes. I, lo- I don't like any of them, Brenton. I love that the them. house is like he's like, like that. He's a state. Like he doesn't really upkeep it. Like you look inside no. and it's still the same shit. And like it's, not it's a nice kind house, of decra- it? a bit. No, it's 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 kind no. of turning a bit. The actual decrepit, withering height itself. I'm like, I wouldn't live here like this. But he's he's just he's just there because like simply for the reason is that he's just waiting for her to to die basically. Jesus. Like it's, which it's is ridiculous really... of a plan, by the way. It's like one, you got so apparently there's like ghosts in this universe, and two, it's it's like you're so spiteful because you have so many opportunities to turn her around, by the way. But you're so spiteful that this is how you're gonna get her back. It's like because she asks her on so many occasions, "Do you love me? Do you want to be with me?" And he's like, "Nah, fuck you." It's like ah, oh. especially when she asks her husband to kill him to stop the marriage. You know, I'm like, I, that was like, why? When she's like, "You got to kill Lawrence Olivia. You got to put an end to this." Like, I thought the movie was gonna get good, and we're gonna like leap into this action scene sequence but it just leads to a mopey death you know what i mean i wasn't i wasn't as like at first i was like oh fuck she's asking him to kill it to kill him but i don't think that was kind of the point of the scene like i get that like maybe that would have been interesting but it would have had some serious yeah, it turns like, into mr sis- and mrs smith <laughs> the- turns into three sisters you know what i mean like get some yeah. check off in there but uh no i think i think it was interesting in itself to have that moment about that she she dies and she's finally able to just be like the shackles are are off and she's able to just be honest with him and tell him how she feels because i mm. think she does love him the whole the whole the whole film like obviously yeah. i think there is a connection there I, I, that's so weird because like after the whole movie by the end of it when she's actually dying on the deathbed like they like reconcile and all that kind of stuff and it's the most mopey death scene you could ever imagine i found it more bizarre that the husband wasn't there when she's dying like where was he where does he go again he gets he gets sent to do something like she no she says go get yeah she says get him but he's not there and then she just dies and lawrence is there no no, no but but she says to him, go get, I think it's like flowers or something. Oh. Or, I can't remember. She sends him on an errand. Oh. And, uh, and, and he goes. Like, she does send the husband away. And that's when Laurence Olivier arrives, once he goes. Oh. How, 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 what a scene, though, when, like, he picks her up off her deathbed and drags her across the room so they can look out at the moors one last time oh at the God. castle. Yeah, I know. Like, that's sweet. See, all this shit sounds sweet on paper. You know what I mean? And you and I should have said this in the non-spoilers too. I bet the book is excellent. I bet the book is so good. Like, it's... It's probably. Brilliant. Do you want to read the book though? Because like I don't, I don't really, really. I don't really have the. I, don't I could, really have I'd probably, the... I'd probably love it for the language, if anything. Maybe not for the story, but just for the actual prose. I think it'd be quite lovely. But yeah. um, if I ever wanted to like read poetry to a girl, I'd b- bloody read some Withering Heights. <laughs> hey, babe, I'm gonna read you a chapter from Withering Heights. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Girls love poetry, Peter. So like, I'd bloody do it. Hey, um, speaking of that castle in the moors, though, like I really liked that set, and I liked, I like, I liked the first scene at the moors, like when when she tells him. Like, <laughs> like imagine that's a castle. Like that's a great fucking scene. I do like, like that scene. She, yeah, it was. And promising. he like and he kills and he kills the knight and then he gets up and then they stand together and they look out at the at their kingdom. I guess and mm. it's it's a little bit bridge to Terabithia, isn't it? Like, <laughs> like just saying that now just kind of fills me with like a bit of sadness of like yeah like and it and then it never is mm. you know like and so I think if you watch this again that, not that I I know you won't watch this I will movie never again. watch this again <laughs> but it's kind of like I'd like to watch it again because I think it'd be it's that it'd be even more powerful now knowing where things go because you kind of have like there's the, always this undercurrent to this film which i like of like you know things don't turn out well you know that she's dead right and yeah. that she's she's out in the fucking blizzard and at first you thought like maybe 
my my brain was going through the whole film because she runs out in the storm after him mm. in the in the in the thunderstorm uh, initially when when he leaves when he when he when he goes and she goes no I do love him and also, she runs out. Side note: Does England get blizzards? I'm not aware of this. Like I'm not sure. Yeah, I've never been to the UK. <laughs> yeah, you you tell us, listeners. If yeah, you, if you if what UK, about UK listeners? listeners, please. Would you run out into a, a British a British blizzard for your lover? But but I thought what was going to happen was was that there was going to be circumstance happened and and she was going to be caught in a blizzard outside mm. and then and then it was going to be poetry and then he was going to die in the blizzard <laughs> at the end as it's well it's all poetry just like the, the director's like smoking a joint off the camera he's like it's all poetry <laughs> look as Alfred Molina tells us in Spider-Man 2 the way to a woman's heart <laughs> is withering heights anyway <laughs> yeah geez great what did you think of that final shot where it's like the ghosts of them like in the snow and that kind of stuff like and okay so here's the thing I'm sure for the time it would have been a technical marvel to see like a fucking like kind of crossfade kind of effect of oh. like are you getting spellbound vibes? <laughs> oh god, yeah, I did actually. I did in that moment. <laughs> but I would have what I would have rathered is instead of having some weird fucking fading bullshit of like trying to have the effect of ghosts, hmm. like just have a shot of two actors walking up the fucking moors. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't need to be smart. They can like, be solid like, ghosts. Like you get that they're ghosts. We, like we <laughs> fill in yeah, we fill in the gaps. Like it's fine. Yeah. Um but even I just get, put a I, white sheet over them with just like the eye holes of like <laughs> 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 Now that would have been an iconic final shot. <laughs> um no, but like I, I just, I just think like obviously now we, in retrospect, we can be like, oh, that's like that's a shitty effect. Like we don't like. I would have rather just have that image. But for the time, I can imagine like the people going to the cinema would have been like, holy shit, <laughs> holy this is, fuck, these special effects. Whoa. What the fuck? That's a ghost right there. Oh, holy dear. shit! <laughs> I'm haunted. <laughs> but in twenty in twenty twenty, jeez, it's just, it's just, it's just not. A, it's no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Brenton. Oh, should we get- oh Nathan, something we, something we didn't talk about that I just want to add in, because I was happy to move on then as well, but I just remembered. Yes. How is the character of the brother? Oh, for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like ah. Oh. Nathan, to be honest, I thought he had such promise. Yeah. When, the, when, it, when it started and he was introduced and he was presented as this classic, like, shitty kid, I was like, where's this going to go when they're adults? Mm. And I thought this is going to be the whole plot. He like really this- is the Dudley of the family, isn't he? <laughs> no, he is. He's so Dudley. But like, I thought it was going to be this vengeful kind of like shitty relationship between the two, like between uh, Lawrence and the brother. Mm. And then it grow. We- that's kind of resolved to a point at-, at a point in the film. And, I like that he becomes kind of like this hermit character that like has to like live on his own estate, but he doesn't own it and he lost everything. And he's just like this drunk, (laughs) awful, like just got nothing, just like gambled all of his funds away. And, but, and like, what's interesting as well, I think is that the film presents his father as, as, as such like a decent person and someone that has his affairs in order, you know, and Mm. seems to be a good person. And yet how did he raise such a fucking monster? (laughs) I know. Jeez. It's like, and I guess, and I guess you could allude to it in the fact that he's like, he's not home. Like at the start, like he's away Mm. for God knows how long. And, and he dies obviously early on as well. The Mm. father dies. And then the son's like, I am head of this estate and you cannot go see my father and he's deathbed because <laughs> you and are my house boy. He doesn't talk like that. He doesn't he doesn't talk like Tim Curry from it. No. no, he doesn't talk like that. I but, wish uh, he did, but no. Hey Georgie. <laughs> Hiya Georgie. Well speaking of Tim Curry, should we talk about if this movie is worth the remake? Special segment. 
Ooh, so special. So this is where we bring back some segments we've done in previous episodes. And I want to ask you, Brenton, a very key question. Is this movie worth the remake? Should they remake Withering Heights 2020? I'd, I'd be intrigued to see a remake of this. How would they do it? Because like... it. Because I, I imagine it would be set in the current day, so it's like I could. You could oh, does it have to be? Does it? Can it be a period piece? Oh, you could. You could leave it as a period piece. I, I guess. I guess it's, there's so much about the time that influences this couple. So maybe it is kind of intrinsic to the story. But I think it should be a period piece. But in my mind, I think it'd be really interesting to have this done as like an ode to the time, like something mm. that's like like that's similar to like say the artist or. Like even La La Land yeah. to a certain extent of something that's like kind of modern, but it's an <laughs> you know what? Like, this would work as a musical, would it? I feel like the melodrama and like you know the the rela- this is this is this screams to be a musical. You know, the, she's standing on the cliff and singing about their lost love and all that kind of shit. Like you know, when the dogs attack, that's a whole dance sequence. <laughs> it would work. Should I give my good mate uh, Android Lord Weber a call? Oh please say, do. Look, I know you're working on the sequel to Cats, but <laughs> it's called More Cats. <laughs> oh my gosh literally called more cats as in like the moors oh the my cats gosh and, the moors. and they're about to like go to cat heaven but this time in the fucking swamp like oh no no they, they go to cat heaven but then they realize they're just haunting sir lawrence olivier oh my yeah he's waiting for the ghost <laughs> of his wife to rock up and instead it's like the cast of cats like <laughs> fuck off mr mr please <laughs> you are my dead wife but nathan i have a question for you what stills this movie <laughs> oh it's blinding so for the, our listeners that aren't aware what stills this movie is the segment on the show where Nathan and myself pick a, a frame, a still from this mm. from from the film that we're reviewing, and it can be something that's poignant, it can be something that's beautiful, or it can be something that's just there for a laugh. Anyway, <laughs> it's the latter this week, isn't it, Brenton? <laughs> we do. We we put these images up on our Instagram. They're on the YouTube thumbnail, so you can see them there as well. Yeah, and. Uh, so yeah, have a look at what Nathan chose this week because, and what's funny is I said this to you before we started recording actually, is that when I, as I was watching this film, I knew instantly when I saw the the start of this scene that this was the frame you were going to pick. Oh, I'm glad we're at this level now that we can choose what we know <laughs> for the stills because there's a scene in this movie where like the main chick is like getting a bath in like her own bedroom and like is, is she like her, her maid is like, pouring water into this bathtub like the size of like a kiddie pool but the jug she's using is like half the span of her body (laughs) and the girl in the bathtub just looks so unimpressed with all of it dude what's funny as well is that i think it's like it's the whole span of her body but it's her her actual like physicality of holding it like holding it as she's pouring it like what is that stance it's so like weirdly casual yeah, she looks like, because it looks like a lot, like liters of water that she's pouring into this bathtub. And yet she's just cut, like, it's just an odd kind of stance that she's got. Oh. And then, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's finished off by like, uh, her, her in the bathtub and like her expression, mm. but also like the size of the bathtub and like, that must be one small woman. How is she fitting into that whole bathtub? And also the water's hitting, like you can see the water's full in the bathtub, like the water as it hits the level. <laughs> so is she it trying is. to overflow it? <laughs> I just realized that as well. It's literally <laughs> about to like fucking overflow. Maybe oh. that's why she looks so unimpressed. Yeah. But th- she must be a tiny woman. Look how small that bath is. Jeez. That and, bath and also looks so uncomfortable. Like but, but she's fitting in it and it's like it's she's like down to her neck in water. Oh. Like she must be tiny. She must she just be like so tiny. It's just Ah, oh, it just looks like a terrible experience. I would not want a bath back in the day. But they obviously didn't have showers, so it, this would have been the way that they groomed. It's like, eesh, yeah, man. jeez. 
Also, it's kind of awkward that you have to have your maid just, like, pour water as you take a fucking bath. You know what I mean? It's like you're just well, sitting wait. there naked. Wait, wait, you don't do that? Oh, well, you know. <laughs> you do, Brenton, but we don't really talk about it. Like, I don't know it's what a, you use that SWAT team for. It's it's either my maid or my butler or my SWAT team, yeah. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> Oh, Brenton. Well, on that note, hey, hey, what? Let's look at this film's poster. Brenton. Yes. Let's look at this film's poster. But is it art? You know what? We've had a couple of dud posters over the past number of weeks, Brenton. This poster is insane and also extremely <laughs> misleading. <laughs> like Nathan, if I didn't know any better. And I didn't know any better coming into this film. If I'd seen this poster before I watched this movie, mm. I literally would have thought I was going to be watching Frank- Frankenstein's Monster, Dracula. Yeah. You know, you know what a horror film on this poster? Movie. On this poster, Laurence Olivier's face steals this movie. If that was actually in the film, <laughs> we would have screenshotted this because the poster is like like the girl and like you know looking into the distance, very lovey-dovey and that kind of stuff. But behind, like, well-lit and all that. But behind her is Laurence Olivier, like, in the most, like, green, like, hulkish kind of paint, like, giving her this, like, hard-ass day, like, with the same expression that Michael Jackson in Thriller gives, like, the girl. Yeah, like, that's what exactly what it looks like. It looks like Michael Jackson in Thriller. Yeah, and it's just, and it's so creepy. And it looks like he's the zombie, which is weird, considering the plot of this movie. But also, the tagline for this says, I am torn with desire, tortured by hate. So, like, this kind of sounds like a zombie movie. I don't know what else to say about it. I, this this poster promises a better movie, because I don't have... Like, it's a good poster, but just not for Withering Heights. <laughs> I, for agreed. To, you know what agreed. I mean? Totally agreed. So, what, what would have worked for you? I reckon, take bring him back off onto the cliff. Like, I want him back on the cliff. And it, but it's just like him holding up her, like, Simba in The Lion King. <laughs> or even... Jesus. Or even just, like... You know, or even like them being attacked by dogs. Yeah, that's what it should be it. Them running away and there's like a line of dogs behind them as they're heading towards the hedge fence. What about the party scene where he rocks up and he's rich again? <laughs> he's just holding money bags with dollar signs in them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that scene in like when they're at, like I think it's on a balcony or, or uh, when they go outside together. Mm. And maybe they're both like on, on either... Like there's a bit of distance between them, and they both look a bit unsure of like this situation that they find themselves in, mm. and it's a shot basically of that, and then like through the doorway you can see this lively kind of party going on behind them, and it's like withering heights. Yeah. Or or you have the blizzard, and you have neither of the characters. No. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so you have you have the blizzard, and you see in the distance withering heights, the estate with the lights on, and it looks yes. creepy as fuck. And then standing out in the blizzard, you have her. Just oh. standing there. Oh yeah, in the, in the same way you have that shot in the in Gobble of Fire of like Mad Eye Moody looking at down at Hogwarts in the rain. That's exactly it. Like yep. literally that, but just replace Hogwarts with the house and Mad Eye with the chick, or, or even leave Mad yep. Eye in the poster. That'd be an improvement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now for my main gripe with this movie, title talk. Ooh, it's the title. Withering Heights. Okay, was Withering Heights in Withering Heights, Brenton? Well, technically it was. It was. It was in the movie. But, like, I have more issue with the spelling of withering because it's withering. It's I. In English, we use I. But for some reason back then, they decided to use a U. And every time I type the name of this movie, it bothers me. <laughs> it's withering. Withering Heights. Yeah, it's so designed for that, like, Shakespearean prose, isn't it? For sure. Also, the house isn't that much featured in the movie. Like, yes, they all meet at the house, but it's such a generic name, you know, for a movie. What would you call it, then? I'd call it, um... The Gypsy and His Lass. <laughs> Jesus, I wouldn't call it that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was a... That was a... Uh, that, 
<laughs> I mean, well, at the time, what were they going to call it? I don't know. I think at the time, oh, they probably would have called it that at the time. That's what I mean. Knowing 1939's <laughs> racism. Um, I don't know. Maybe like um, murder your lover or something like that. Or I don't know. Something more romantic. Like, I don't know. Murder your lover? Oh, no. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but it's better than the gypsy and his lass. Um, Tweet at us, listeners. Let us know your better title because, geez, this film begs for one. It's like withering heights. It's like, I don't know. What about, okay, hear me out. Hear me fucking out. Okay. Okay? Because I know this is the title of another film we've reviewed. But okay. what about The Castle? No. We're not calling it The Castle, Brenton. <laughs> What about the castle? That's it's the not whole a fucking point it's of the <laughs> film. Like they talk about the castle and like how they like and like and that's kind of a symbol of like the optimism of their relationship. But in reality, there is no castle. It's just withering heights. Okay. So they call it the castle. Fine, I guess we can call it castle if you want. You just want it so there's a better film called Castle. Actually, what's better, the castle or this? This. Oh fuck off! It's the castle. Everyone watch the castle. It's a great film. <laughs> uh well, let's pass that power, Brenton. <laughs> Pass it here. What? The power to the people. So, Nathan. Yes. On the tomato meter, tomato, tomato. I always change how I say that. Tomato, because really someone make a supercut. <laughs> it's really weird because, I, and I tell you why. Because like the Americans, like the tomato meter is American. You know what I mean? It's an American. Yes. It's a Western creation. So I always go to say tomato. Whereas, like, if I was to say, if I was to eat a tomato, I would say tomato. But I, I'm gonna call it this the tomato meter. That's what I'm gonna stick with. Okay. All right, you that's, do it. That's that's my decision. And on the tomato meter, it has. Has a critical consensus of ninety five percent on the Jesus. tomato meter. Holy shit, Nathan, that's high. That's high for a film you gave a thumbs down to. Oh fuck and off! The, and the and the audience score is sitting at eighty five percent. That's everyone's also quite wrong, high. Nathan. I, don't, I think you might have got this wrong. Anyway, no, it's anyway. not good. Well, Ken Hank, he bloody loves it from Mountain Express, and he gave it a three out of five. He wrote, "It's okay, but it's the kind of classic that p- puts people off classics." <laughs> That's a funny line. That's a funny line. Good on mm. you, Ken. Which is true, because like, it is such a classic film in every sense of the word. Like, oh, just with the orchestra and the bloody titles. It's like, oh, yeah, the funny opening titles where it's like, the year is this, and it hasn't been the same. Like, ugh. I just also want to shout out to Ken Hank for having such an interesting name. Yeah. Ken Hank. It kind of sounds like the sound like a duck makes. Like, Ken Hank. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not like Dustin D who gave it. F- We're moving on to Dustin D with four stars. Four stars, Nathan. That's, wow. that's high again. Before Twilight came along, this was Hollywood's most ideal depiction of the perfect romance. Okay. okay. I have gripes with this. I have gripes with this statement because yes. is Twilight and Withering Heights really going trying to depict the perfect romance? I think no. there is... <laughs> Definitely not. Jeez, no. I think there's a luring kind of thing for people to get allured into the fact of like a dark kind of relationship and that's intriguing, mm. but it's not the perfect romance. What would no. you say is, ho- if we're talking about the t- perfect depiction of a romance, it would probably, in Hollywood, mm. it's probably like something when Harry met Sally. It's probably like along the lines of yeah. those, or like, you know what I mean? Whereas this is just dark and no. Twilight is kind of dark. Like, no, I wouldn't hell. look for relationship advice from both these movies. I feel like there's infinitely better options there. <laughs> But Louis Vandelurs on YouTube wrote, Mum liked this movie so much, but she is not with me anymore. Fuck. Oh, dear. I don't even know. Louis, mate. <laughs> are you saying... Is she Like, I'm very sorry if she's passed on and 
thoughts go to you and uh, and whatnot. But are you saying maybe she's just like moved house? I don't know. Well, maybe we don't know. We don't know. At maybe all. he's moved out. I don't. I don't know the situation. That's but I do. Very... I do like that idea that like when you're young, you watch these old films with family or friends and that stuff, and you are attached to it in a way. And it's like, imagine being a kid, being raised up, and you're indoctrinated with this, so that when you finally meet a girl, this is how you treat them. Imagine you're in high school, and you start quoting shit from Withering Heights. Like, could you imagine? You wouldn't have many friends. <laughs> Jet, Jet Rink says, Heathcliff exits from the door four times and never bothers to close it. Love it. <laughs> there is, there's a lot of dramatic exits in this movie, isn't there, Brenton? Mate, I have to tell you something as well. Like, in, in, in my life personally, if I ever leave a door open, it gives, like, my family members the shits. Really? Like, what if, do you like mean? if you're to, like, leave... Like, if you leave, like, the front door open, right, and you're, like, oh, yeah. going out the front or whatever, and you leave the front door open, everyone's like, why the fuck didn't you just close the door? <laughs> so, if Heathcliff was in my household, <laughs> he would be fucking, like, destroyed, is the point. Oh, jeez. He probably would be. I mean, it doesn't piss me off that much, but, like, I get more peeved when, like, you got the aircon on or something like that, and, like, you know, people leave the door open. It's like, we're containing the air. What are you doing? Ah, uh, Nathan, uh, what are we doing? What, what are, are we, we doing? doing? Uh, I'll tell you what we're doing. We just did Withering Heights, guys. We did Withering Heights. Oh, we just boy, reviewed that film. It. And that uh, was a good time. I, I had a good time chatting about that with you, Nathan. I did too. But, Brenton, uh, we're not free of this movie yet. we we got to start looking back, buddy, and <laughs> let, let's talk about our 80s. We're nearly dead. We're, let's, we're so let's close to, to death. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, withering Heights, I mean, what have you could, done to us? Uh, we, I mean, we could make it to 100. I hope we make it to 100. Same. Oh, all right. Well, episode 80, we did our top seven movie traumas, so we don't really need to look back on that, except... We're still shaking in our boots. <laughs> we don't need to look back on that because those those images still haunt us every night in our dreams. Oh, so geez. on to 81, Nathan. 81. We talked about Star Wars, which feels like a fucking century ago. <laughs> Here we go. Because it was. We talked about A New Hope <laughs> and The Empire Strikes Back. Brenton, for A New Hope, you said yes, I said no. We stand and buy that. A New Hope? Yep. What's that movie? Don't you mean the original Star oh, Wars? Fine. For, for, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you're still doing it. Fine. We talked about Star Wars, 1977 Star Wars. You said yes, I said no. You know what? I stand by my no. What the fuck's wrong with you? I know. I'm really sorry, but like, but like, that's like, that is like, but like, that has an argument for being the best Star Wars film. Yeah, you, you know? could argue and that, but like. Like, you could argue that's the best Star Wars film. I don't necessarily think so, but I think it's up there. So I stick with nah. my yes. I think it's a great film that's like can stand on its own merits and and still holds up today. What a great time! What a fun adventure! Yeah, I, I just don't think you need it. <laughs> if you want to hear a longer opinion, listen to the episode. Um, and then we did Empire Strikes Back, and we both said yes, which we st- I stand by. I stand by as well. There we go. Eighty-two. We talked about um, Phantom Menace and Return of the Jedi. For Return of the Jedi, we both said yes. It's still good. I I stand by that. It feels oh, yeah. a little bit weird now that I said yes to Return of the Jedi, but not on New Hope. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Do you regret But that? I still think New Jedi is more... In- Sorry, New Jedi. I think Return the Jedi is still more intelligent than a <laughs> the New, New Jedi. Yeah, look, there's, there's moments in Jedi that I think are the, p- p- like the best in the saga. So, mm. of course, of course that makes sense. And also, Luke has a green lightsaber. Holy shit. Yeah, wow, that monumentous event. Oh, jeez. And we both <laughs> said no to Phantom Menace, Brenton. Are you sticking with that no? No, no, no. I said yes to Phantom Menace. Oh, did you? No. Yeah, I said yes to Phantom Menace. I did. Oh, I wonder why I, I wrote did. down that I, it was abso- a no. If, if you look at the document, dude, like that I, because I listened to the episode this afternoon. Oh my God. I said yes you to said Phantom yes Menace. You said yes to, you idiot. Why? <laughs> why did you say yes to the Phantom Menace? Okay, now I, yes, now I remember this because I remember being angry at you then as I am now. <laughs> no, Brenton. Ch- no. 
<laughs> I stand by my yes. That that film. you recommended all four Star Wars movies. Yeah, fuck yeah. You gotta watch them all, listeners. This you is a do schism, it. mate. Kids will obviously fall asleep in the politics bits, but like, but just you know, they're still fun to be had. Oh, Brenton and his idea of fun. I tell you what, listeners. Oh, mate, I remember watching that as a kid, and I had my Jar Jar Binks blow up chair. And I'd sit in that thing oh. and, and have all a time. Oh, I hear is nostalgia time. just pouring out oh, of Brenton. I, f- I, I fully admit that. And <laughs> yeah, it's a fun doesn't time. Help. It's a fun time oh. and I'm going to stick my thumbs up. 83, Home Alone 1 and 2. For the first one, we both said yes. And for the second one, we both said no. Any of that you want to change? The first one, I'm, I, I'd considered putting no for a bit. You did. But Brenton, I did. they learned the true meaning of Christmas. Look, it's classic. Movie banter. But but to be honest, like I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I think when I think more it's about fine. the McAllisters, I actually care more about the criminals thinking, I wonder how damaged they still are. Like <laughs> poor Joe Pesci. <laughs> poor Joe yeah. Pesci. But then again, I would watch Home Alone again. I- I'd still find it like a fun movie. I don't know if I would, but like I'll stick my I'll keep my thumbs up. Because there's still moments in that. There's great segments in that. Again, I'll stick my thumbs up. Oh, there we um, go. Well done. Uh, because, you know, I, I said yes to The Phantom Menace, so I guess i got to say yes to every single Don't other Don't base all this because now. you erroneously <laughs> said yes to Phantom Menace, Brenton, because that will take no, you I, in a I, weird direction. I, I kid, I kid, I kid. 84, we both like Goldfinger. In 83, we spoke about Home Alone 1 and 2. Oh, pardon me, so Brenton. What, I'm jumping yeah, the gun. Very correct. That's quite all right. Home Alone 2 is not a good film, Brenton. No, it's not. It's tough. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! My thumbs are down. They're staying down. Not nah, yeah. They're they down. I am. I am jamming them into the tabletop at oh. the moment, and they're on the verge of breaking because they're so far down. So let's get to eighty-four. Back to Bond, where where we reviewed Goldfinger, Brenton, one of the most critically game Bond. Uh, one of the most critically acclaimed Bond films, and we loved it. Our thumbs were up, Brenton. You loved this Wait, James Bond. Hang on movie. a second. Hang on a second. I didn't love it. Let's don't put <laughs> no, words in Brenton, my mouth. You loved it. Don't put words in my in my mouth. <laughs> Listeners. I said. I said, and I and I I think I'm going to quote this. I said something along the lines of, "I am going to put my thumbs up because this has moments in it what I think the Bond franchise should be and what I want it to be and what I expect it to be. But at the same time, it's still dull and boring and everything else. So <laughs> I put my thumbs up for that and being like, this is the closest it's closest." closest it's come but now i'm considering just putting them down because like i still don't i don't remember this at all you know what i mean like there's nothing but brenton there was the poker game where he was cheating i remember i remember that i remember i remember them all falling asleep yeah i remember them all falling asleep it's great is it it's so much fun right Look, I'm going to say It has odd job, Brenton. Up. It has odd job. With his little hat that he throws yeah, no, about. you want me over. You want me over. Thumbs are up. Oh, thumbs I knew up, I, all I had to do was play the odd job card and he was in. <laughs> 85 was our 2019 end review, so we can glaze over that. 86, Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> we both are like, nah. No. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. Not a There's good nothing time. more to say. No. Nah. No. Nah. Oh. Sorry, Eddie. Love you, mate. Yeah. And sorry, RDJ, for also being roped <laughs> into that project. Hey, I'm not sorry. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, jeez. God. They should apologize to me. <laughs> they really should. <laughs> 87. This is Spinal Tap. Yeah, my thumbs were down for this and they're staying down. I've, I literally oh, haven't thought on. about this once. I haven't thought about this once since we watched it. I mean, neither. Like, hey, exactly. Exactly. I know, but you don't recommend the movie because you're just consistently thinking about it. Do you want to watch the film again? <sighs> oh, pause. Oh, he I know. The pause gives it away, doesn't it? Look. Uh, don't do this to me, Brenton. How dare you make me question my own opinions? <laughs> Look, hey, you were questioning mine. I said I'm. Yeah, my I know. Staying down. I was gonna. I was gonna leave it at that. And you it's went. It's deeply hypocritical. Oh, 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 there's the Nathan soundbite of the podcast. Oh. 
Oh, green lightsaber. Oh, oh fuck off. <laughs> Look, yeah, okay. I've lost it. Let's keep going. Okay, this is Spinal Tap. Yes, it's good. I think it holds up. I think it's really funny. Oh, but would I watch it in 2020? You know what? I actually might say no, Brenton. Oh, Nathan, I'm so sorry if I changed your no. opinion. You, you're no, you're welcome to you stick with your opinion. You raise a good because I think I liked it at the time, but the more I think about it, I'm like, oh, would I, would I really, like, if I sat my friends down to watch this, would I be like, oh, yeah, they're going to thank me for this. You know what I mean? That's a good point. Maybe I'll change my Goldfinger review now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's our friends. We, we, we think about all the uh. listeners when we encompass this. Such as for The Emperor's New Groove, 88. Yeah, man, thumbs are up for this one from thumbs both ends up. of the table. Oh. Mate, there's no discussion that needs to be had here. No. The spinach puffs are done. <laughs> They're done, Brett. They're ready, ready to and be I'm ready eaten. To, and I'm ready to, I'm ready to eat them. Okay, <laughs> let's so. go. Then let's get this out of the way. 89, Priscilla Brenton. We loved it. It's fantastic. Tour it's really good. I, was, I wasn't expecting to love it. And Same. You know what? And you know what? I actually think about it as well. I think about how, yeah. like, especially as an Australian film as well, I'm like, oh, this makes me so happy to be an Aussie. You know what I mean? Like, Terrence Stamp, Hugo Weaving, and um, Guy Pearce are all just fantastic. It's great. It's Amazing. Watch Priscilla. Like, oh, especially if you want to get friends in, into drag culture and they haven't really watched any of that before or, or like, they're curious about it. Like, even so... I don't know if that's the reason to bring people into this. I just think it's it's a it's a great film to just bring people into to not only have a good time but to you know watch characters you know um, become a family you know learn lessons yeah. of love and and, and that very and rare it, thing for a film to do watch characters become a family ah oh, that's so only very happens. few films offer <laughs> never happens never happens at all <laughs> we never found out who Jar Jar's father was you know I'm just very sad oh no it was Papa Papa Binks Papa Binks Papa Binks <laughs> I'm so sorry, listeners. I'll, I'll We've score lost myself it, guys. Out. That was a terrible joke, and I tried to save you. So, uh, no, not worth it's saying. A, it's okay. Oh, it's let's okay, let's, let's leave our 80s long behind us, then, Brenton. This, hopefully, the 90s offer better fruits. Mm. I hope there's grapes in the 90s. You know what I mean? Ooh, grapes. What, what's your favorite fruit? Oh, mango. Easy. Oh, that's a good choice. I'd say, oh, fuck. Why'd I ask this? <laughs> I'd say mango, mangoes are up there. But I think like yellow peaches are really good when oh, they're in season. Got to be in a mood damn, for it, you good. know. I could always do a mango. Yellow peach got to be a mood. I could always do a yellow peach. See, mango, I need uh, mango. I know mangoes. Oh, I know well. are messy. You know, we're what on I mean? opposite like, ends so, of the buffet table, aren't we? So, so peach is easy because it's still messy, but like it's you know you can fit it in one hand. A mango, you got to slice that shit up, and it's gonna get everywhere. It's gonna get. Juicy. I mean, practicality wise, you're not wrong. It's gonna be grand, but a peach, yellow peach, I can get. I think it's just because Brenton uses the peach emoji too much. Well, it's it's relevant. oh well what the hell's going on nathan brenton we're out of it we're looking we're into our 90s and we're looking ahead how are you feeling nathan i'm feeling pretty good but you know what would make me feel even better what brenton if our lovely listeners would subscribe to us on the podcast app and give us a lovely review, oh, that would just it would, make that my would, oh, day. It'd warm the heart this Valentine's Day. It'd be any box of roses. I tell you what, oh mate, just to hear from our old listeners. Oh, they're just sending loves and kisses through the interwebs. And we do love hearing from you guys. So please tell us so on good. Twitter, on uh, us, yeah. Instagram. On YouTube, in the chats. comments. Maybe I email if you really want to, if you want to send us a letter. But let us know what you thought of Withering Heights and other films and suggestions of episodes we should do. We always welcome those. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, apart from that, guys, have a wonderful week with the love of your lives. Yeah. And if you, and if you haven't found the love of your life, just uh, do what Heathcliff did and spontaneously become like a rich motherfucker and, and come <laughs> back and... And ask and ask your crush to haunt you when they die eventually. I mean, what could go wrong? Literally everything.